Hi, this is Dan Jurgens, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans. It is episode 154 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis. And as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Money's tight. Nothing free. Won't somebody come and rescue me? I am stranded. Caught in the that's right you got it you nailed it who uh who sings that song uh i have no idea i i i can't recall it was uh stevie ray vaughn stevie ray vaughn all right bless his soul yeah that was uh the song crossfire that came out in 1989 that's a great song uh, he he's a he was uh, one amazing blues guitarist uh, and and you know good vocalist too. He had some great songs like, you know, if the house is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he had some some really good songs. Yeah, but Crossfire is uh, definitely up there. Uh, and everybody, do yourself a favor if you don't know the song Crossfire by Steve Ravon, look it up. It is a really rocking song. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that tonight, Rick. Okay. But how did you know? I mean, uh, how'd you, how'd you, did that just, Rick, because I, you know, as you know, you Rick, listen to Bob FM. Are you, are you uh, about to go into Bob FM? No, as you know, I, I like to do my homework for these shows. <laughs> so, oh, so it ties into the show. <laughs> yes, of course. In... Oh, of course you know, does. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. How does it tie into the show, Bob? Well, as you know, Rick, tonight we're going to be diving into issue 317 of Captain America and one of the, as they like to call it in Marvel fandom, antagonists is none mm. other than Crossfire. That's right. It is. Yeah. So I thought it was an appropriate uh, greeting to you. And also I the lyrics I picked out, I, I don't know if you noticed the lyrics, Money's tight, nothing's free. Won't somebody come and rescue me? Nice. That's right? nice. That's, a, that's a very subtle, subtle uh-huh. uh, call out to uh, the story we're about to get into. Yeah. Well, you I, know me, man. I'm, I'm very subtle. Nice. Oh, yeah. You are. Nothing but. Yes. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Bob? How's how's your week been going? I'm doing all right, Rick. I'm doing pretty good. Uh we just dodged a hurricane down here. It's heading north. So mm-hmm. I got my power. I got my fridge working. I'm going to have coffee tomorrow morning. I mean, things are pretty good. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. What about you? What's going on up there? Woo. Well, you know what? I think I think this is episode uh, 154. We, we, we had to kind of shuffle some things around um, because speaking of the hurricane, uh, our guest that we were going to be talking to tonight had um to um i guess they were given a notice to evacuate their area in florida so we have to reschedule um our conversation with uh with that person so we're doing 
the next episode, which is Captain America 317 in episode 154. I, I think so. I hope so. I hope we still get to talk to our guests because if not, this will become episode 153. Uh, and if you're not confused yet, just think of how we are because we record these things like weeks in advance. Right. In fact, yeah. today, um, today is my daughter's birthday. She turned 17 today. And I know what you're thinking, listeners, what the hell are you doing recording a podcast? Well, because she's with her mom. She's in her friends. She's not with me. Um, I will be seeing her tomorrow. We're going to be celebrating her birthday and we're taking out for dinner the, the, the next night. So anyway, so a big day for her today because she got her driver's license. <gasps> that is a, that's a big deal. You remember getting yours? Um, I don't actually. Um, no, I was a late bloomer when it came to my driver's license. I really wasn't uh, all that into it, mostly because the ladies came and picked me up. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I didn't really have a need for one. Uh, and then when I got one, finally, it's uh, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't because I almost killed myself so many times. So I'm a little bit leery. You know, my son's 13. I'm a little bit. He's like, I want to have my license when I'm 15 and a half. You know, like uh -huh. it's ridiculously low down here in Florida. Um, and so I, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so, but mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're a sweet girl, got a nice, safe car. She's a responsible, takes after her dad. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be an issue. Let's hope. Let, <laughs> let's hope. Yeah. Because um, I think I mentioned before in this podcast, right? Like uh, I was looking for a car for her and couldn't yeah. find one. So I was like, daddy's getting a car. And so I GPS bought myself tracker. a tracker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He's, getting, he's getting my old car. And yeah. trust me, I have considered that. Yeah, I would actually. I I don't. There's no shame in that. It's just for safety, you know, not to necessarily track a kid, but you know, you want to make sure they're safe. They're not like, you know, in trouble. Right. So. Yep. They make sure they are where they say they are. Yeah, that's a big part of it. If they're broke down, something their phone's not charged. You know, you want to make sure you can track them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been a it's been a big big day you know with that um also i i went to an art show oh yes uh, on I sunday yeah. and i got myself a piece of art i i i end up trading um three of my pieces plus some cash to get this bigger piece wow that's a and, major that's a major major uh, haul then yeah i i i i got rid of a um John Byrne panel page. It didn't have cap on it. It was just uh -huh. a, you know, um, just a minor page. Uh, and then two Karen Dwyer pages. Um, so, yeah. and I end up getting a George Perez JLA Avengers number one page. Nice. Nice. I, I know. I, I've been yeah. wanting one of these. I don't have anything published by George Perez and um, really wanted to get something. And this is a really cool page because it has all the Avengers on it. It has Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Hawkeye, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver. They're all on this, pa this page and, you know, Cap's front and center giving orders. And so, um, and they're in Metropolis. Uh, which nice. is kind of cool. They yeah. just they just beat some bank robbers and then they're being inundated by autograph seekers. Uh, so it's a really cool page. So I, I was lucky to pick that up. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yep. All right. And oh, I know this is even bigger news for you, Bob. Ooh, yeah. But right after the art show, 
I hosted my fantasy football draft because I'm the commissioner. Oh yeah. Commissioner never about us. That's right. Yeah. And I uh I I kicked butt in my fantasy football draft. I there was three different um platforms that I ran it by, and every single one of them gave me an A plus best draft of the group. Um, I have as long as I uh, you know, manage my team. I have a 99% chance of making the playoffs. Wow. According according to the all this. So listen, I well, this is all that training paid off, man. It, it really did. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how much time I sat <laughs> sat and did mock drafts. Yeah. And like uh it, I'm in a keeper league, so it's kind of fun because you know, there's a lot of strategy yeah. involved and you're trying to figure this out. And I know, get, you know, I feel like all right, it's like the Monty Python. Get on with it. Sorry, people. Uh, but Bob asked, Bob asked how I was doing. Yeah. And these are some exciting things that I just did. Well, and 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 uh, from our time dilation perspective, because again, it's very confusing. We're recording. Tonight is the 29th of August. Tomorrow. What episode comes out, Rick? That would be our fantasy Captain America. Yeah. Draft. So, which, which was a lot of fun to record and uh, prep for. And I'm hoping, I hope the, I hope the folks in the Facebook group, I hope the folks who listen to the podcast, enjoy it as much as, uh, as we did putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, yeah, this comes, this episode, I think comes, what we're recording right now comes out September 20th. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it'll be three weeks later, but um, I did put in um, a, a poll. I'm putting a poll in this Saturday. Well, which would have been whatever right. um, yeah. <laughs> two and a half weeks ago um yeah. so we'll know the results by now i know look them I, up you know what i, I also <laughs> want to encourage people in in uh who's listening on spotify um there are ways for you to leave comments uh on spotify as well because i know we're always asking people to do um you know go on apple because it you know half our listeners listen on apple and um you know, to go on there and leave a five-star review and, and so on. And we, and we really appreciate people who do that, but you know, Spotify has got some, some cool things too. Um, in fact, I put a poll on Spotify of which team would you rather vote for, you know, Rick or Bob's team. So I wonder if anybody did that. We'll see. Interesting. So speaking of birthdays, Bob, uh, also this week, uh, we've got a couple birthdays for some comic book artists, Paul Ryan, his birthday uh, is or would have been uh, September 23rd. Uh, Paul, he, he he didn't do Captain America comics, but he did do Captain America in the Avengers. He was uh, an artist for like a longtime artist for the Avengers for like three years um, in the late 80s, early 90s. And so he certainly had. Uh, drew Captain America plenty of times. And then also a birthday this week is Bob Layton. Birthday's on September 25th. So happy birthday to Bob. Um, You may recall he was the anchor for Dan Juergens in volume three. So from like issues 38 to, I want to say 50, like the end of volume three. So 2001 and 2002. Um, we had a um, is was when he was on the book, and we actually did have Dan Jurgens on the show. If anybody wants to check that out, that was episode which episode, Bob? Uh, it's a, it's a, really, it's a yeah. real easy one, Bob. Uh, There's a special anniversary show, and Dan Jurgens was on 100. Yes, yes, 
<laughs> Nicely done, Bob. Yeah. All, All right. right. Nicely done. All right. That was a great episode, too, by the way. Um, he really warmed up as that, that interview uh, went along. So, Well, that's because, you know, you're just a, a really warm and likable yeah, guy i think i like to i bring out the best in people you really do yeah all right so should we get to the comic makes sense yeah that's why we're here right it uh had a cover date of may of 1986 so uh we're heading back to the mid 80s oh, um, i wish <laughs> part of me would want to go <laughs> only with a guarantee that i wouldn't stay there and i could come back yeah i know just like a week it could be nice. Yeah, yeah, sure. Netflix, you know, I could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, writer uh, Mark Grunewald, um, middle of his really long run. Penciler was Paul Neary. Now, I say penciler, but really it was more of breakdowns. Um, he, at this point, now Paul Neary, he had been... Um, on the cap book, right. Since issue two ninety two, and, and he had a really nice run, um, to, he did two ninety two to three twenty nine, And then he finished with three thirty one. So that was, you know, from 1984 to 1987. So, you know, it was a really nice run. And then he, uh, but, and I say he was, it's breakdowns because remember when we had John Beatty on the show and, he was talking about the difference between working with Mike Zach and working with Paul Neary. And he talked about how with Mike, you know, Mike did the pencils, John did the inks with, with Paul, he, uh, he did the layouts and then John did the finishes. So it was a lot more of John's art in, in this than say when he was working with Mike Zach, but it's an interesting conversation to learn about the differences between breakdowns, finishes, inking, and so on. Um, when we talked to John Beatty in episode 43. So if you haven't listened to that one, make sure you check that out. I was going to say, there's also a great story. About Howard Johnson's. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. A long story, um, but it's a good story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anchor on today's issue is Dennis Janke. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, colorist Ken Fendunowitz. Letterer Diana Albers. And editor Mike Carlin. And the title to today's uh, issue story is... What is the... The, the title i don't know <laughs> okay when we open it up you can uh, you don't know is it death throes yeah i think so okay All right. right is it written anywhere um i don't think it's written well, in, anywhere the, in the book no no uh i mean it's on marvel fandom yeah it's on marvel fandom is death throes all right huh. all right yeah. okay Sorry about that. <laughs> Just three. So what? Hey, Bob, um, tell me about the copywriter, uh, the one who, who did the the, the Xeroxing. What, what was their name? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah who, was, uh, who got the lunches? Hey, Bob, do you, wanna, do you want me to read the solicitation for this one? I sure would, Rick. All right. This, this is the extent of the solicitation. 
What's Cap doing with Hawkeye's weapons? And what is Hawkeye doing with Cap's shield? <laughs> someone someone got lazy on that issue. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I guess they, they basically like they didn't bother reading uh, this, you know, the synopsis or whatever from from the writer. They just looked at the cover and were like, <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bob, we want to speaking of the cover. Do you want to take the listeners through what we what we're looking at here? Yeah, it's a great cover, Rick. It's one I think that most most Cap fans who uh, who are at least at least bit familiar with Volume One of, of Captain America have seen and remember. Right? I mean, we see a lot of covers, but this one is one of those covers that I think our our capability of recall really uh, latches onto. So we've got we've got Cap in the foreground with Hawkeye's bow and arrow. And he's, he's, he's standing there and he's drawing the bowstring mm-hmm. with the arrow already slotted, right? And behind him, we, we see Hawkeye, who's sort of crouched over a little bit, and he's got Cap's shield. Uh, and it's a, yellow, it's a yellow background, so you know, the two figures like stand out uh, really crisply. Mm-hmm. And, and Cap, Cap is saying to Hawkeye, well, here's another fine mess you've gotten us into, Hawkeye. And, and what is that from? Well, I mean, it's a it's a reference, as you know, Rick, uh, because we're both aficionados of comedy. Uh, uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy quote Oliver Hardy in specific back uh, back in the Laurel and Hardy films. That was a catchphrase of Oliver Hardy, although it's a little bit inaccurate. That's not exactly what he used to say, but it's what most of us remember. So you beat me to it. I I actually uh, did my research on this as well. And it's not, well, here's another fine mess you've gotten us into. What is it, Bob? It's here's another nice mess you've gotten us into. Yeah. What do they call that when you misremember things like that? I don't know, everybody but you're else agrees me. with you. You're going to tell me because we've is gone that over the, this before. It's like the Mandela effect, right? Is it the Mandela? Yeah. What's he got to do with it? It was when um, everybody thought uh, Mandela was was died, had passed, uh. and um, but he was actually alive. But everybody had agreed. No, no, no. He passed. Um, so it, huh. it's a it's a it's a phenomenon where a large segment of the population misremembers a significant event or shares a memory of an event that did not actually occur. Interesting. Interesting. Is yes. it also is does it also encapsulate or, or cover uh, things that we think people say but they never actually said? Like, no, because it's not it's not just like you you singularly misremembering something. It's it's when a a group of people all agree that it yeah. happened this way. Yeah, because uh, I was thinking of like blinded by the light. You know. We all... Oh, you're you're talking about wrapped <laughs> up like a douche. Yeah, that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that, that's a little different. <laughs> oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah. There was a back in the '90s. There was a <laughs> a guy who wrote a book called um, something like "Misheard Lyrics," and the whole book is oh, nothing but that. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is yeah. before the internet, so you could yeah. write a book and sell a book like that. Right. Um. But, I yeah. love. I love. TikTok videos, YouTube videos that show like K-pop bands and <laughs> it sounds, you know, they're singing in Korean, but it sounds like they're singing in English and like, 
it's just really funny. Like some of the things that sounds like they're singing, like about tuna fish sandwiches and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. I can watch that stuff all day. Yeah. If I didn't have to work, you know. Don't <sighs> think, come on, Bob, admit it. You probably do that while you're at work anyway. Yeah, probably do. It's good to be the boss. Yeah. All right. So that was the solicitation and uh, that was the cover. Um, you know, speaking of the cover, Bob, I don't think I mentioned this before, but um, I know the owner of the original art of this cover. Really? Yeah, yeah. His his name is Alberto Gonzalez, and he he's actually agreed to to be a guest on the show at some point. Um, because I have this idea, I want to bring on Captain America fans who collect Captain America art, um, because. I'm interested in it. And I think there's some others out there interested in too. And, you know, what better way than to uh, talk about art than uh, an audio podcast? All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, look for that in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, we haven't really uh, come up with a title for it yet. I, I know, I think Ooh, we're, yeah. we're, we're, it was like art captions, art captured, art captivated <laughs> oh we had we had a couple yeah. things we were throwing back and forth yeah i remember that. i remember that yeah you sent a bunch of uh ideas and and then i hadn't heard about it so i, I didn't i didn't know uh when we had this thing planned but yeah we got to get yeah, moving on we'll, it we'll have them on next month yeah right. uh well well let's see yeah yeah probably in october yeah we'll do that all, all right. right let's let's get back to the comic bob why do you keep doing this we're never going to get done if you keep doing this. It's interesting. I wonder, it looks as if Hawkeye and, and, and Cap get their boots manufactured at the same bootery. Ah, yeah, the little pirate buccaneer yeah, boots. Yeah, the buccaneer boots. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Plus the pants, right? The pants the look pant, like they could yeah. be the same. Right, yeah. And the, the mask has the same amount of space over their mouth and nose and and uh eyes holes right true true yeah and he's yeah. got an h and he's got an a on the forehead just like some mass production going on here in the uh, superhero uniform factory yeah mm. yeah pretty cool uh all right so let's get to the comic so we open up to a splash page and it is a uh a man in handcuffs behind his back being walked down a pathway being escorted by a police officer on either side of him. And there are other policemen there that are holding back the crowd, including a bunch of people there, uh, news reporters with their, you know, their cameras and microphones. And they want to, um, uh, you know, interview this uh, perpetrator who is being escorted by the police to the courthouse. Could I have a word with the accused officer? After the trial, lady. And the crowd's yelling at him. Michelle March at the steps of the New York County Courthouse, where William Cross, also known as Crossfire, is going to be tried today for conspiracy, attempted murder, and arms smuggling. And then... Part of the publicity surrounding the trial stems from the fact that two West Coast Avengers, Hawkeye and Mockingbird, have been subpoenaed to testify. Now, Bob, uh, 
back in uh, this time period, there was a West Coast Avengers and they had their own comic series. You want to maybe explain that uh, to those who are not familiar? No, I didn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Avengers West Coast had a bunch uh -huh. of people. Uh, yeah. John Walker was on the team for a while. Yeah. Not at this point, no. No, not this point, but no. This um, is Captain America 317. Uh we don't have John Walker introduced yet in the Captain America. But he series. served on West Coast Avengers at some point. Oh, that's amazing, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just trying to help out. Mm. Anything I so, can do to help, Rick. All right. So let me let me back it up a little bit here. Just uh -huh. give people a little bit of backstory. So Mark Grunewald. Um, had done a Hawkeye miniseries. In fact, this issue is a continuation from Hawkeye Four. It is. It is. Yeah. So the 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 Hawkeye miniseries came out. It was only four issues, and it came out in 1983. It was um both written and drawn by Mark Grunewald. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but Mark Grunewald was uh was a pretty decent comic book artist too. And then, of course, he gave that up to be writing and editing because um, I, I guess, you know, you got to know your strengths and and, and so on. Uh, but, yeah, he he did this four issue miniseries back in in the fall of 1983. So, you know, this is just a few years later, uh, but in comic time, probably just a few months later. So in the foreground of this page, uh, we see two people in the crowd wearing uh, dark blue trench coats and posing as the press. You know how I know that, Bob? Uh, how, Rick? He's wearing a fedora that has something that says press in yeah. in the hat. Remember back in the day that they used uh, to do that? Right. Yeah. You had to have your press card. Yeah. And they would wear it in their hat. Yeah, it's also the fact that she's holding two bombs and and he's holding a weapon as well, sort of gives them away. Well, I was talking about the disguise, Bob. Oh, the disguises, yeah, yeah. But they had he has an intercom on, and so he's uh he is a, a black gentleman with a red and yellow costume underneath, and he's pulling out a ring, um, probably about the size of of a face. Right. And then she's pulling out looks like um, I would call them grenades, but they don't look like grenades. They look like little. Yeah. Um, like, you know, those old school time bombs, you know, or not time bombs, but they were like black bombs with a little um, fuse, fuse right. at the yeah. thing. Right. And, yeah. She's yeah. got a couple of lovely bombs. Yeah. And she's holding them really close. Yep. Um, so he says 20 feet away. Everyone's in position. I'll give the signal. Right. So we go to the turn the page. And Bob, it is a double page splash. So uh, double page splash, meaning that it takes up two pages. And it's a half page splash. So the top portion is a horizontal image that goes across pages two and three. And then underneath on the on the two pages there's a total of six panels three on each side so uh, the reason they do that is to show that on this top thing um it shows the all the different 
people who are in disguise and there's like five of them that are attacking the police and then they're throwing smoke bombs and uh, basically rescuing Crossfire. And there's the title, Rick. It is. There it is. Wow. Yeah. If it was a snake, Bob, it would have bit you. <laughs> they really they really wanted to like lure you into the book before they told you the title. So. Yeah. This marks the first time masked heroes have been called to the witness stand here in well over a wait, something's some some kind of commotion. And so uh these these characters, there's five of them who were um mostly wearing these oversized trench coats, were uh, are now you know, throwing different types of projectiles. Bob, would you like to describe the different types of projectiles being thrown? Because I think it's significant. Well, sure. The uh, the the two characters that you had previously mentioned, uh, the woman and uh, and the the other gentleman, she's throwing those bombs, right? And they appear to be some sort of smoke bombs mm -hmm. that are causing people to cough and maybe like a tear gas sort of uh, concoction. And he's throwing mm -hmm. he he just threw that that ring that you had mentioned that was uh, round and 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 almost like a halo and he ch he's chucking it at people. And then the other folks, well, are, he's not are, just chucking it. He threw it into a police officer's jugular. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then one of the guys is throwing, uh, he looks like bowling 10 pins. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got another guy and he's, uh, he's throwing like balls, some sort of round orbs at people. Mm -hmm. And then, the size it, of a billiard balls. Uh, yeah, they're about the size of billiard balls. And then, and then the last guy, he's, uh, he's swinging a, a pipe mm -hmm. at somebody, uh, like a plumbing, you know, like, a uh, like a pipe you'd find in a, in a house or something. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of different crazy dudes throwing stuff, uh, around. And then Crossfire, who has the two police officers who are holding them on either side, get knocked out, says about time. And a guy runs up to him and puts on a, uh, he's wearing a gas mask and he puts one on him. Hiya, Crossy. The name's Knickknack. Take a few whiffs of air and let's move it. Nick's got Cross. I'll start the truck. And they start running to the van. Hurry, boys. The fuse isn't that long. Does it cakewalk or what? We ain't away yet, Tenpin. Whoa, oh, there's a fuzzball who ducked the gas attack. One move and I'll... And and uh, the ringleader throws one of those razor-sharp rings into his wrist, knocking the gun out of his hand, which makes it go off. And then the police car blows up. Too bad he got out of the car. Get in here, peach britches. Shut it, Shorty. Peach britches. So, um, I think I got a new nickname for you, Rick. Oh, is it for me? <laughs> I was thinking maybe uh, a little later. A little might peach be, britches. Yeah. Hey, Casey. You yeah. Know? Hey, hey peach britches. <laughs> see how she see how she likes that. Yeah. I'll try it with Meg too. Oh yeah. Good luck. Let me know how that works out. Science experiment. I'm very pleased you got my message, Oddball. You and your cohorts are remarkable. Ain't it the truth? And then we cut to uh, Hawkeye 
and his wife, Mockingbird, uh, on a sky cycle flying over New York. Now, how would you describe we all we all know what Hawkeye looks like, right? How would you describe Mockingbird? Um, well, she she has, uh, you know, sort of a loose jumpsuit on with uh, a puffy open at the at the wrists uh white boots and she's got uh she's got a mask on that's very reminiscent uh, at least to me anyway of like the original black widow mask mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, you know that uh natalia wore so um i don't know and she's you know she's blonde attractive woman mm-hmm. hey maki what's with the crowd i know we're the bruce springsteen and julianne phillips of the superhero set but i didn't expect the bigger crowd Bob, who's uh, Bruce Springsteen and Julian, Juliana Phillips? Well, I think we all know who Bruce Springsteen is, uh, Rick. And, and Juliana, at this time, Juliana was his wife. Uh, I think they got married in 1985 and divorced a few years after this issue came out. But she had been a, uh, a model, and uh, for a while she was an actress, fairly uh-huh. successful. I think her most famous role was in Sisters. Do you remember that TV show with the four I sisters do not. that lived in a house? So uh, she was in several movies, not all that. Not all that successful, but mm-hmm. those two crazy kids just couldn't stay together. Mm. Take a closer squint, bird brain. Those ambulances, fire trucks, and squad cars mean trouble. Oh, yeah. Guess I was too busy minding the road to notice. What road? And then uh, they land, and then the, the police are there. Greetings, officers. Trouble, huh? You said a hero. Crossfire got away. How'd he do that? He had a number of Confederates in the crowd. They threw gas bombs, hardballs, bricks, and who knows what else at us. Bombs and balls? It figures. Crossfire had two assistants working for him back when we tussled. Oddball and bombshell. Guess there wasn't as many charges to hang on them as there was on Cross. Wonder who their backup was. No idea. Bob, when uh, what when's he referring to? Yeah, that was in uh, that was in that Hawkeye miniseries you talked about, uh, oh, issues okay. three and four. And if I recall, Crossfire had abducted Hawkeye and Mockingbird and locked them in this uh, this room that had some weird uh, electromagnetic influence that caused them to fight each other. Hmm. So he's so, got reason to be pissed. I mean, upset with uh, ah, yeah. So the interesting thing about Crossfire, um, he was introduced in 1979 in Marvel 2 and 1, number 52. And then he appeared in Hawkeye number four, and now he's here. So this is only his third appearance. Now, according to uh, what I'm reading here on CMRO, which is the complete Marvel reading order, I've mentioned it before, uh, he's been in 85 total appearances. This is appearance number three. Wow. Interesting That's a lot enough. More appearances than I, I would have expected for Crossfire. Yeah. Interesting enough, Oddball has had a total of 17 appearances. This too is number three. He was introduced in Hawkeye number three. So he, he was in Hawkeye three and four, and then now he's here. And then uh, Bombshell, uh, which is, uh, she was introduced also in Hawkeye three and four, and this is also her third appearance. Hmm. Uh, she's had a total of 23 appearances. So interesting enough, these are very, um, I guess, you know, newer characters 
appearing yeah. in this particular issue. But, you know, characters that were near and dear to Mark Grunewald, obviously. Yeah. So Hawkeye asks the police officer, what'd they escape in? A Con Ed fan. We found it abandoned about 20 blocks from here. A clean getaway. Thanks, officer. I'll be in touch. Just our luck. Now, if we don't find those creeps, we made this trip out east for nothing. You said it, sport. And he and Mockingbird fly away on their skysuckle. At that moment in Brooklyn Heights, a young woman watches as all of her worldly possessions are moved out of her apartment. And uh, we see Steve and and Bernie there uh, watching the movers. Not just any young woman is Burdenette Rosenthal, for she has the unique distinction of being the girlfriend and confidant of Steve Rogers, the one and only Captain America. It is a distinction that Steve fears will soon pass. Steve, you don't have to help me supervise the move if you've got work to do. I can manage. I don't mind, Bernie. I'd, I'd rather be doing this. And then next panel and... Basically, it's an empty apartment. The movers I hired are very efficient. Didn't take them long at all. Mm-hmm. You know, Bernie, I, I can't shake the feeling that this is like the end of an era. Oh, Steve. And then they they embrace each other. Since you're going to be off at law school, I decided I might as well move too. I don't think I could get used to this building without you living below me. Where will you go? Back to the Avengers Mansion? That's where I'll store my... And then who's at the door interrupting, Bob? It's Mrs. Kappelbaum. Who's she? She's the landlady, Rick. And a dear sweet woman. She really is. Oh, I'm sorry to... Come on in, Mrs. Kappelbaum. You got my note, I take it. I did. Does this mean you're going with Bernadette to her university? Afraid not, Mrs. K. The academic life is not for me. Oh, forgive a foolish old woman, but since you two moved in, you've been like family to me, and I I was hoping that you two might... might... Oh, Mrs. Kappelbaum. You've been like family to us, too, Mrs. K. Don't give up on the two of us yet. And they both kiss her on either side of her cheek. I promise I'll visit you whenever I'm back in town. Oh, my kinder. You know, Bernie, I, I think we ruined our landlady's career as a matchmaker. And then just just then, uh, we've got a uh, an older gentleman walking through the door. How would you describe him, Bob? Uh, he, uh, I don't middle-aged guy. He's uh, well-dressed. He's wearing a sport coat and a vest and a tie. He's sporting some glasses. He looks like a happy-go-lucky fellow, Rick. Yeah. Sporting the dad bod. Yeah, he's got the dad bod. He's rocking it. Hi, baby doll. Just came by to see how you're doing. Your mother's waiting in the car. I've arranged to take a week off so we can help you get settled in Madison once we drive you there. Oh, hello, Stephen. Hi, Mr. Rosenthal. And soon... Well, I better run. I want to get home by the time the movers drop off all your casare at the house. Traffic in an hour will be murder. And Bernie gives him a kiss. See you soon, Daddy. And uh, what does "kazare" uh, mean, Bob? It's uh, Yiddish for junk and stuff. 
That's true. My, he was certainly in a good mood. Guess he's pretty proud of you going to law school. Could be, but I think he's just relieved that you and I won't be seeing as much of each other. No offense to you personally, Steve, but he never warmed up to the idea of me, my seeing a goy. What the heck's a goy, Bob? It's a Yiddish for a non-Jewish person, Rick. Oh, okay. And you wonder why I never told my folks about our engagement. And then who just came in through the door? More people. Oh, oh my gosh. It's uh, Josh and Mike Farrell. Yeah, they're, they're uh, other people who live in the apartment. They became good friends of, of Steve and Bernie. All right, hold it right there, you scoundrels. What's this we hear, Mrs. K, about you two moving out on us? Sorry, Josh. Mike, I, I knocked on your door once, but a likely story. You spoil sports, and here we had the most together apartment building in all of five boroughs. Well, don't expect that you two are getting away without a party. Clear tonight of all plans. We're having a last hurrah, farewell blowout for you two, and the whole blam neighborhood is invited. And then Bernie thinks to herself, Swell, a party to go on my last night with Steve. Well, maybe we'll make it easier. <gasps> That's foreboding. What does she mean? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Bob, when you think to yourself, do you say the words swell? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> Different context. But uh, <laughs> but I really like that. You know, I, I don't want to jump here, but I really like that panel and how Bernie is, is drawn. You do. I do. I do. How would you describe it, Bob? I, well, I, you know, it's just, look, I, you know, it's hard for me to describe. It's just, I find it very appealing. I like the hair. I like, you know, her eyes are, uh, are greenish. Uh, uh -huh. The lipstick is done, the teeth. I mean, it's just, it's a very elegant look for Bernie, I think. Mm. For somebody okay. who's like very down to earth. Yeah. Um, I think she's drawn very, very well here. Yeah. But the expression on her face is kind of like a, I'm forcing a smile to be pleasant expression. Right. I mean, you can see the difference between her smile and her eyes in this, in this particular panel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her mouth may be smiling, but her eyes are not. Do you get that a lot at home, Bob? It's very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you recognized it? <laughs> Is it, what, what they what do they call that the the eight mile stair or something a thousand mile stair thousand yeah. miles stair. Well, that's even longer i ran out, <laughs> I ran out of energy i only went eight miles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we cut to uh the next page and uh it's a a little over half page splash how would you describe it bob uh, it's uh it's really interesting right because we've got uh we've got a table in the forefront with with crossfire uh and it looks the, like a card table it looks like, like a, a card folding table. card table that's just kind of put there with some folding chairs right and um all around the room uh are 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 the death throws, right? We've got mm -hmm. oddball and bombshell and ringleader and, and mm -hmm. knickknack and tenpin, and they're all tossing around their things in the air. It's very, it's a very circus-like atmosphere. You can almost hear that right in the mm -hmm. background, right? Now, by the way, we I didn't mention this, but ringleader, knickknack, and tenpin. This is the their first appearance in comics. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's probably why this book is worth uh, a few dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Hey, listen, when uh, ringleader Knickknack and Tenpin show up uh, in a Disney Plus series coming up soon, going up against uh, in Hawkeye season two, you know this book's going to skyrocket, Bob. Oh, it's going to be up to 15, 16 bucks by then. Easily. For a week. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Yeah. All right. So they're tossing their, uh, their various weapons around. Uh, we got hatchets, we got flaming uh, bowling pins, we got the the balls, we got the rings, we got hatchets, we got a shoe. Yeah, and an egg. Oh, never know. Yeah. And they're just throwing them, and they're, they're throwing them across to each other. They're like, you know, going back and forth. Gotta say, it takes a lot of talent. Talent I don't have. Right, no. So Ringleader is sitting there with uh with Crossfire and Crossfire is still he's he's in a a business suit, right? And uh which is interesting um this must have been like the look back then because a few years earlier in the pages of the Teen Titans uh S- Sam Slade uh was his name Sam Slade? I know it's Slade, but uh he Deathstroke, the Terminator. He had he he had white hair and wore an eye patch, and, right? You know, so yeah. um, interesting. An expert marksman. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Crossfire. Um. So they're sitting there with the looks like they're cups of coffee because there's steam coming up and there's an open box of donuts. Now I, like I want these a guys donut. already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> now then, Mister Cross, let's get down to business, namely what you owe the death rows for professional services rendered. Sure. As you may recall, you have yet to pay Oddball and Bombshell for their assistance during your ill-fated affair with Hawkeye. At $1,000 a day for five days each, that comes to 10000 Then our standard fee for a rescue operation like today's is seventy-five grand. Tell me, how do you wish to pay us? One lump sum? Installments? Well, ringleader... It's like this. At the moment, it is rather, shall we say, difficult for me to get access to my funds. I was hoping that, and then we cut to the next page, and Ringleader almost jumps across the table and grabs him by the throat, puts his finger in his face. Hold it right there, Cross. When you contacted Oddball, you said you had the money at hand. Were you lying then? Are you lying now? Uh, Oddball must have misinterpreted my message. I never... And then Oddball speaks up. Don't give me that, Crossy. I understood your message plain as day. You said you had to scratch. You probably just don't want to part with it so you can finance another of your hairbrand schemes to wipe out all the superheroes. Bombs and me told the rest of you about it. How he snagged cockeye and mocking bimbo for him. Crossed through them in some kind of isolation chamber, flipped on his ultrasonic doohickey, and it caused the two of them to fight like dogs and cats. Is it dogs and cats? I always saw his cats and dogs. <laughs> He's showing his preferences here. Oh, okay. I got a few yucks watching him, but I, I doubt it wouldn't amount to much. 
my point is that anybody who could afford all that hardware that Crossy here had ought to be able to pay up. I, I had everything invested in my apparatus. It's all in police custody now. I, I can't even sell off the components. We have a way to find out if you're lying. And then they throw him into the center of the circle where everybody was tossing around their various weapons. And uh, they speak, basically, they start throwing things around him. Now then, Mr. Cross, keep very, very still. We want to show you a little trick we've been practicing. Objects in motion, everyone. Switch. And then you see all these weapons flying dangerously close to his face. Do you want to describe it, Bob? Well, I mean, we see all kinds of things here. Uh, we see a hand grenade and a flaming ten pin. We see uh, we see a, a ball, an orb of some sort with spikes sticking out uh, either end. And uh, we see, of course, ringleader has his uh, his rings. I mean, there's all sorts of weird objects zipping by Crossfire's head, including a hatchet, a meat cleaver, I should say. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a meat cleaver. All right. Very good, Mr. Cross. You didn't flinch. Switch. If you had, I'm certain you'd be missing part of your head, or at the very least have a sharp object protruding from your skull. Switch. Listen, ringleader, you can intimidate me all you want, but we don't need permission for that, Cross. Hey, how's it feel to be in the crossfire? Ha! <laughs> I get it. In case you're interested, Mr. Cross, the long as we've kept up this passing pattern without a fumble is for 21 minutes. Switch. Now it goes to each panel of these different characters, and they're all sweating, Bob. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of effort and work they're putting into this, and it must be over the course of some time. Mm -hmm. Something tells me our eye patch ain't holding out on us. He really don't have the bread. Think we could turn him in for the reward money? I vote we all just hit him with a death object all at once and chalk it up to experience. I doubt the cops will pay anywhere near what he's worth. Why don't we just see if any of his enemies will pay to get their hands on him? Yes, perhaps even Hawkeye and Mockingbird would be interested. But do we need him alive to sell him? Nah, take it, Knickknack. Me take it? I thought, oh, oh I'm going to miss. And he throws a tomato that lands on Crossfire's face. And it makes a sound, Bob. <laughs> Sploosh. <laughs> For a second there, I thought I smacked high pockets with Adi's acid ball, not the tomato. Shucks. Anyone time that? It had to be over 21 minutes. Afraid not, brother. Sit down, everyone. Let's figure it out just how we should go about ransoming our penurious double crosser. What's penurious mean, Bob? Somebody who doesn't pay their bills? Mm. Is it the opposite of usurious? No, that uh -huh. would be anti-usurious. Are you serious? <laughs> 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 so then, now we cut to uh, the the bottom one third of this page, and it's a it's a big splash. And what would you, what's going on in this panel, Bob? It is like every party from the 1980s that I wasn't invited to. Mm. So uh, we got a spread of food. 
on the table. Somebody's got the record player playing, right? There's a little yeah, dancing a record going on, player too. Yeah. Bunch of, uh, you know, uh, the island in the kitchen's got some food on it. There's some folks there. A lot of folks just, uh, you know, standing around talking. And there's probably what, I, I don't know, 15 people here, something like that, having a good time. Yeah. You recognize any of the people? I, there's a few. There's obviously Josh Cooper and Mike Farrell's there and uh, Bernie's parents. And, and of course, Steve's there. And, uh, and I don't have my glasses on here. I don't think I. That's I, Sam Wilson. Where I can't see where's Sam in He's the in green the bottom pants? Left corner. Really? Yeah. Know, his hair looks different. She All says right. you're the Sam Wilson, the one who ran for Congress. Oh, you're right. There it is. There it is. I mean, I, I'm not a rocket scientist. But... Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And I think uh I think that's uh a Billy Idol standing next to him <laughs> in the leather jacket and the parachute pants. Is it so, Billy Idol? I I, it might be uh it might be uh Ice Cube. Ice Cube, right? I think was that a, was that the eighties? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Ice Cube, it's not Ice yeah. Cube. Oh, um, <laughs> what's his name? Dun 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 dun. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah. Ice. All right, whatever. <laughs> it was cold. Um, yeah. Then you got uh, Steve's old boss at the from the agency. Oh, right. Is there right. talking yeah. about him, right? Yeah, Mrs. Kappelbaum in the back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then somebody says. Um, hey Omar, let's see if we can liven things up. And then, uh, um, Josh Cooper decides to try to do some break dancing. You know, yeah, it makes sense, right? Because it's sure. the '80s and he's black, and he's black, and there's only two black folks there, so it has to be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he even makes a joke of it. He says, "Sure, kid, all us inner city black guys are natural breakers. Watch." And he and he lands on his neck and he yells out in pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Bernie grabs Steve. Come on, Steve. Josh said that you're good at everything athletic. Excuse me, Mrs. Rosenthal. Your youngest daughter wants me. Oh, that wasn't Bernie. That was uh no. Bernie's, yeah. Uh Jeannie. Yeah. Uh, what do you have in mind, Jeannie? And then just then, who walks in the door? Well, if it isn't Hawkeye and Mockingbird. From and their the, civilian tire. We never did talk about the West Coast Avengers. So the West Coast Avengers, and I meant to do this, that miniseries came out after the four-issue Hawkeye miniseries. And so basically Hawkeye left the Avengers to go lead a team of new Avengers over on the West Coast. And it had Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Iron Man, Tigra, Wonder Man. And those were the core to start the group. It was Tigra, Wonder Man, Mockingbird, Hawkeye, and who is the other person? Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, Tony Stark had a operation out on the West Coast, so he, oh. he went out there. And uh, and Hawkeye was the leader. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It was one of those things where, you know, he was always trying to prove himself. Right. You know, yeah. and... Uh, you know, he didn't like taking orders from Steve. So <clears throat> this was his way to kind of break away and do that. Interesting. And so they uh, they walk through the door in their civilian identities, of course. And then who's there? But Bernie walks up. Clint, Bobby, you're just in time. It's going away party for Steve and me. Wow. An East Coast bash. And uh, 
so then Steve's over there and he comes up to talk to him and um, Clint Hawkeye says, tell me I wasn't seeing what I thought I was seeing. Mr. Steve, old fogey Rogers trying to break dance. Outrageous. And uh, Steve says to him, so how'd the trial go? And then he does a flip and lands on his back. And uh, to go do some break dancing, Bob, <laughs> you ever seen Steve Rogers do break dancing? No, but I love that panel when Bobby uh, and and Clint come in the door, and 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 Steve is on his back, and he's got his knees to his chest, and he's holding his knees, and uh, and and it looks like Josh is standing over him, and and another woman, oh, and, yeah. and they're saying, "Hold tight." Wheel spin. spin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm totally reading this backwards. He he was on the ground on his back and he jumps up. Yeah. And lands on his feet in front of of Clinton Bobby to talk to them. I when I first read this, I was reading <laughs> it backwards. I wonder what you were like getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jeannie's like, nice moves. So how'd the trial go? It didn't. You want to step outside? And so they're outside. He's explaining. So we wasted the rest of the day cruising around like dummies looking for clues to their whereabouts. You check with Jan, see if the Avengers got in anything. Who's Jan? That would be Janet Van Dyne, the wasp. Oh. Yep. Nothing. Anyway, I was so careful not to make it make it sound like I wanted to haul in the whole East Coast team so that I forgot to have her call the West Coasters to tell them their leader man's been detained. Come on upstairs. Use my phone. And while we're at it, we might check in with my own private information network. Your hotline. Bob, describe the hotline. Well, Rick, uh, it, there is an attache case. Uh-huh. And it's open. And uh, we see in the in the inside of the top of the case, we see uh, a a screen of some sort, a display screen with uh-huh. on the to the right of it a speaker, and then there is a uh, a keyboard that folds up uh, on the bottom part, as well as uh, a um, a modem. Mm-hmm. You remember the old kind of modems where you would I take do. your you would take your hard plastic phone from um you know from the dock there, and you would. Put it into the modem. Yeah, and snap it, it in place. Snap yeah. it into place, and that's what we—that's what we see here. Yeah. Next panel, um, we were seeing them on top of it. Now, this next panel, um, it doesn't look like if you were to close that, it would fit into the case. But um, anyway, this handy dandy briefcase terminal connects to my telephone, which connects to my master communication center elsewhere in Brooklyn. Otherwise known as AOL. (laughs) All the calls to the hotline are monitored by this nationwide network of amateur computer operators who call themselves the Stars and Stripes. They sort them out, extract and correlate all data, and send it back to me. It sounds like those ham radio operators who used to keep tabs on the Hulk for hot zot. And he's reacting to what's on the screen and it's an old, uh, you know, <laughs> going across the screen, like, you know, just the, yeah. the really bad font type. Right. What's, and, and what does it say, Bob? It says, want to play a game? 
Mm-hmm. No, no, that was a different, different story. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Ford to Hawkeye have crossfire willing to sell or trade come to abandon well, they couldn't fit railroad. So it just says R dot R terminal 158th street alone offer ends midnight tonight. <laughs> Act now. Act now. Oh, so the RR stands for railroad. I think so, Rick. Man, you know, all this time when I was playing Could have been Monopoly, an abandoned restroom, I guess. All this time I've been playing Monopoly and there was the cards that, that were not, um, you know, uh, property cards. And there were four of them. And it said RR. And I never could figure out what they stood for. You thought you were investing in restrooms? Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he said hot zot, Bob. I'm going to use that one tomorrow. In fact, when I crawl into bed tonight, I'm going to be like, Ooh, hot zot. Is this before <laughs> or after you you call her? Um, uh, peach britches? Peach britches. <laughs> this before I get slapped. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how the heck do they know enough to call your service? They must have read the newspaper account of us together yesterday during Armadillo's rampage and assumed I knew your whereabouts. Oh yeah, that was the previous issue. Was with a with a guest appearance by David Letterman, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, this next panel, the inking on it just looks completely different from all the other panels. It's very, very thick lines. You're right. You're right. It's a little jarring, actually. Yeah, well, it totally yeah. stands out. Well, I've only got a few hours before the offer ends at midnight. I better get hopping. You are aware this is probably a trap set by Crossfire. Sure. What of it? You want company? <clears throat> well, the message said to come alone, but they can't think I'm that stupid. You know, there was a time when I'd have spurned your help. Walt's in there alone just to prove how tough I am, but since becoming leader of the West Coast Avengers, I don't feel I have to prove myself anymore. And he goes and shakes his hand. I'd like it a lot if you tagged along, Steve. You got it, Clint. Hmm. I just remembered. This is Bernie's last night in New York. She may never forgive me if I take off on her. I've been lousy at juggling a personal and professional life lately. But weighing your need of me against hers, blast. Get into costume, Clint. I'll be right back after I excuse myself. All right. So top of the page, we see uh, Hawkeye. On a sky cycle and riding behind him is Captain America. And it's it's late in the evening and it's they're going over, looks like the New York Harbor. And uh, Hawkeye asks Steve, so what'd you tell Bernie as an excuse? The usual, how I have to do this and I'll be back as soon as I can. She didn't take it too well, did she? As well as could be expected. Bobby was a bit more understanding when I told her that you were riding with me instead of her. After all, my sky cycle is only a two-seater. Well, Bobby's in the business. Bernie's not. It sure has been refreshing to have a relationship with someone I couldn't talk shop to, but then there there are also disadvantages. Anyway, Hawk, we can swap sob stories after this is over. How about telling me all about what you know about the Crossfire and his juggling associates? So 
Hawkeye fills them in, and then they arrive at the place. And uh, how would you describe the building? Well, I mean, it's an old uh, gray concrete building with uh, looks like bay doors that are all closed, wooden bay doors. It has signs that say keep out. And there's some there's some uh, semicircle windows above each of the bay doors, but it looks it looks largely abandoned. Mm hmm. This must be the 158th Street Terminal. Looks like the perfect setting for a trap, doesn't it? This is your case. How do you want to tackle it? I'm the one they expect. I should go first, alone. You stay out here, and I'll whistle if I need you. You better take this. And he hands him his shield. Your, your shield? But you never... For all we know, there will be a hundred guns shooting at you the moment you step in. Your bow and arrows won't help you one bit. My shield might. He never lends anybody his shield. This is some kind of honor. Well, I can't very well shoot my bow with this blame thing on my arm. Here, take my bow and a couple of arrows. I may need you to provide some cover. And then Hawkeye runs into the abandoned warehouse which is pitch black and he's thinking to himself this underground train yard hasn't been used in years if memory serves with 50 foot ceilings and thousands of square feet of floor space crossfire could have just about anything set up in here so far though i don't see a sign of anything weird matter of fact i can't see a thing i think i'll give myself a little advantage Turn up the high-tech hearing aid I've had to wear ever since my first run-in with Crossfire to the max. Aha. I hear muffled breathing. Can't tell how many. And then a light turns on, and there's a figure sitting in a chair tied to it on the train tracks. Hmm. Spotlight came on. A figure bound to a chair. Who? So he stands there and he lifts his shield into the air. Okay, I appreciate melodrama as much as anybody. Now how about showing yourself so we could talk turkey? Now Bob, there's something a little strange about this picture of Hawkeye holding the shield up in the air. Do you know what it is? Uh, <clears throat> I don't, Rick. I don't know what you're getting at. So pretend pretend we're doing the old highlights magazine and you're going to look at the pictures. What what's different about this picture versus that picture? So look uh -huh. at the panel before. Uh-huh. Look at this one. Look at the next panel. What is missing? All right, you got me, Rick. His quiver of arrows. You mean in that panel with him holding the shield? Yeah, where's the quiver of arrows? Oh, I don't know. I think it's just, well, it could be that it's just the angle that you just can't see it. But, uh, or maybe they just forgot to draw it. I think it's the latter because look at the band that would be holding his quiver. You know, it goes across his torso. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the quiver is at an angle in the other ones, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> it would be, it should be seen here. At yeah, least in my maybe. opinion. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the, the strap is there. Right. Yeah. So well, the quiver maybe. is not. All right. Well, maybe they just inked over it. 
I think, yeah, it could be. There's a lot of black around it. There's a lot of black <laughs> background, yeah. Nice shield you got there, Hawks. Swap it for your bow, did you? I know that voice. Oddball, huh? And here I was worried I was up against somebody tough. You going to show yourself or are you afraid I'm going to clobber you again? And then we cut to ringleader who's up on a scaffolding and he's looking down on Captain America who is coming in through a window or a bay door or something. Hawkeye's backup just entered. Looks like Captain America. Await my signal. Whoever set this up was pretty thorough. All other entrances were boarded up except for this. So you got to quit playing hide and seek and tell me what you want for cross? I don't have all night. I think I see some scaffolding that's not part of the natural decor, but I can't quite make out what's on it. And then S Steve's there with the bow and arrows. It probably won't take them long to realize Hawk's not alone. I better seize the element of surprise while I can. These flare arrows ought to shed some light on the situation. And then what happens there, Bob? He like fires off three in quick succession. Boing! And he does. Yeah. And he lights up at the, the bottom. Again, another big splash page. This is like a half page splash. And what do we see when Cap lights it up with the flare arrows? Well, they're all of the uh, the death throws are on scaffolding around uh, the edges, the perimeter of this building. And there's a huge net that has been uh, hoisted up across the roof. And uh, it looks like they're getting ready to drop it. In fact, that's what the ringleader commands. Drop it. What in the? Hawk, run towards me quickly. And 10-pin pushes a lever down that I guess is going to drop the big net. All right. The great Captain America himself. This is going to be a better fight than I thought. Well, he actually sounds excited about the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Careful what you wish for. And Hawkeye's running with Cap's shield. Cap, above you. And then the, the he's just on the, almost makes it out from underneath the net, but half the net gets his, or the net gets his lower half of the body. But there is a, a large cannonball size ball, you know, they're weighting these things down that comes that almost smacks Hawkeye, but he puts his shield up to deflect himself. And then uh, they start going uh throwing things at at cap but cap's racing towards hawkeye who's trapped halfway underneath the net razor sharp rings being thrown at me have to remember i don't have my shield to deflect them this net weighs a ton it must be made out of steel cables you okay your shield saved me from getting bonked by a lead ball and then we hear the ring ringleader. You are surrounded and outnumbered. Each of us is in highly proficient at a different deadly projectile. Throw down your weapons at once, or you won't know what hits you. 
and Bombshell thinks to herself, too bad Mockingbird isn't here. I have a score to settle with her. And so, it, it indeed, Steve and Clint are surrounded by the five of them, and they're back to back. You know something, Cap? Ringleader's right. We're outnumbered and surrounded. Only one thing to do. Throw down our weapons. And they do. They throw down their shield and, and the bow. And die for the right ones. And they do. They 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 go to collect their their weapons um, that they're used to using. Open fire. And they start throwing things at them, at the, the two of them. And uh, Cap catches a hatchet. He knocks things away with his shield. And then Hawkeye throw, uh, shoots an arrow at Bombshell knocks her out. Bombshell's down. Four to go. Who looks like the second most deadly? Well, that's interesting. He referred to Bombshell. He picked Bombshell out of all of them as being the most deadly. Why do you think? Well, I mean, she did have a hand grenade in each hand, Rick. That's true. <laughs> you know, you gotta gotta wonder what happened to those hand grenades when she got knocked out. So the name's Tenpin, Cappy. That's one word, no hyphen. Wouldn't want you to misspell it in your memoirs. Tenpin, eh? Guess I'll have to bowl you over then. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Cap made a funny. And he does. He knocks him down with his shield and the flaming bolt, uh, ten pin goes, goes flying. And then oddball, he's starting to cock his arm to throw some, some projectiles at Hawkeye. I thought you learned last time I could throw balls faster than you can shoot arrows, Hawk Noose. Or Hawk Nose. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one O. With my super adhesive all over your hands, the only thing you'll be able to throw is a fit. Ah, oh, that's punny. <laughs> Hawk doesn't see the midget about to throw a knife at him. <laughs> I'll have to... And he does. He tosses his shield at the same time the knife's coming at Hawkeye and uh, knocks it. But the shield then goes the way towards ringleader. A juggler must be good at catching as he is at throwing. The shield's mine now. I'd hope that wouldn't happen. And then Knickknack comes over um, and he dives, catches... Hawkeye's arrow. Ringlitter ain't the only good catcher out here. He caught my arrow. I didn't think anyone other than Quicksilver could do that. And then the guy throws it back at him. Hey, he got my bow. Blast. My spear is out on my sky cycle. Hey, Archer. I'll let you practice catching too. Here's a chainsaw. And then Ringleader teases Cap. Want your shield, Avenger? Come and get it. Knickknack, catch. He's playing keep away. Your razor rings are only deadly if they don't they touch me, pal. And then Hawkeye runs over to try to get the shield back. But as he's running up on Knickknack, Knickknack uses it and does an uppercut. Uppercut! You want this ball legs? That'd be bow legs, right? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I read it as bow legs. Huh. Do you think Hawkeye's bow legged? Hmm. Uh, it doesn't appear that way. No. Maybe all that time on the sky cycle, though. Yeah, they could do that to you. So I got a funny story. All right. So my first wedding, because I got married back when I was a kid. I was like 25. And I'm working at a restaurant. I'm like a manager of a restaurant at the time. And go away on my honeymoon. And my, my new bride and I decide we're going to go jet skiing. Mm -hmm. This is towards the end of the, of the trip. We have never been jet skiing before. Uh -huh. And it was choppy. And we were out there for a few hours. Yeah. So you ever, you ever have that happen? Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're using muscles you haven't sure. used before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're sore and I come back. And my boss, who's a woman, who and she asks me, so how was the honeymoon? And I'm like, I, it was a great time. Uh, we had a really good time. I'm a little saddle sore, though. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she's like, I don't want to know. <laughs> TMI, TMI. Uh -huh. oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next panel, Hawkeye's knocked down, and he's thinking, oh, man, I think I chipped a tooth. And Knickknack's running. He's got a big lead in front of Cap, and he's like, got to make it to the door, ambush him as he comes out. And Cap thinks to himself, only the midget is left standing, and he's got my shield. Cap needs some sensitivity training, I think. <laughs> this is the second time he's referred to him as a midget. Yes, yeah. But come on. Uh, Back yeah. in 1986. It was the 80s. Right. Yeah. That was what you said. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, what what term is the the PC one right now? Is it, I, is it little people? I, I guess it's little person, but if, I, I mean, it's obvious. He doesn't really have to say anything. You just say that guy. <laughs> you know, uh, the guy they just showed with, he's got the shield. So. I did notice when I asked you to describe in the very beginning of the comic. Uh-huh all the characters that were doing things, you refused to mention <laughs> the fact that Knickknack was a little person. You left that out, which visually I think adds to the story. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with describing. I'm going to say height challenged, a, a short individual. Yeah. Right. Well, no, no, no wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh -huh. I am vertically challenged. Uh-huh. But I'm not a midget. There are I've two. Never, different I've never things. met you in person, Rick. I wouldn't know. I know. We are going to meet in person in January, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> you know why? I tell. Let me give you. I'm going to tell you background. Uh, my son, uh, 
he, he really knows how to get at me. So if I'm telling a story and I've, this has happened so many times that now I'm gun shy. So uh, I'll, I'll be like saying, oh yeah. And so in the story, there's this, uh, there's this dude and then there's this black guy. And my son will go, what are you doing? That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll call me out on it every single time and he's doing it just to mess with me because you know he's sure, not yeah. like being super he's not being serious he's just like anytime i ever like oh yeah there was just like this jewish guy he's like why is that relevant you know <laughs> because it's relevant <laughs> and he gets me every <laughs> single time you know mm-hmm. so he knows how to push your buttons he knows how to push my buttons so yeah, yeah. so now i'm like gun shy about it yeah um because the- we are describing characters visually to people who are listening so we have to you know paint the full picture here yeah right i know just as you you know your favorite thing to do is talk about the ladies in the skin tight costumes right yeah but that is a service that you provide to our (laughs) listeners (laughs) as much as it pains me yes exactly you're you're right yes um so then caps running and all of a sudden coming out of the doorway you can't see who's throwing it but remember knickknack said he was going to give a dog a bone oh i'm sorry knickknack said he was going to uh <laughs> whack. <laughs> right whack right. cap uh-huh yeah um he said he was going to ambush him but so there's this shield being thrown sideways out of uh out of this doorway and cap's like what that's the lamest attack i ever saw and he catches it and who threw it oh my gosh it's mockingbird hi you yeah (laughs) did you just try to do the song what no (laughs) yeah If I knew the song, I would do it with you right now. <laughs> and our listeners would be like, holy crap, you put that song in my head. I only I only know the Dumb and Dumber version. So, uh-huh. yeah. Hiya, Cap. Sorry the cab ride here took so long. Glad you left me something to do. And then Cap just go helps Hawkeye up. You okay, pal? My pride smarts more than anything, Cap. Sucker punched by a midget. Sheesh. Wow. Now Hawkeye's in on it. (laughs) The two of us make a great team. These jugglers were tricky customers. I'd still like to know what this was all about. Okay, oddball. Talk unless you want more sticky stuff dumped on you. No more of that junk, Hawk. I think I'm allergic to it. And then he sneezes. I'll talk. It doesn't matter now. When Crossfire crossed us, we decided to use him as bait to nab you. We probably couldn't get more than 10,000 selling him, but we could probably get a million from the Avengers to have you back in one piece. And then Hawkeye looks at Cap and says, I'm worth a million to you. Jeez, I'm flattered. You bind up these perpetrators, Mockingbird and I will try to get Crossfire out from under the steel net. Let's make haste. I've got a party to get back to. Epilogue. 2.15 a.m. 
Bob's been asleep for seven hours now. <laughs> <laughs> at a certain building in Brooklyn Heights. And you see Steve and civilian identity going uh, down the stairs. Because you know why he's going down the stairs, Bob? Because he goes rooftop to rooftop. Exactly. That wasn't too bad. Only took three hours. Hmm. I don't hear any music or party. Could the bash have broken up already? And he opens up the door to Bernie's apartment. Bernie? Party's not only over. The place has been tidied and everyone's gone home. I feel rotten. And then what does he see, Bob? It's a, It appears to be a Dear Steve letter taped to the wall. It is. And he goes and he sees the, the, the letter, which is um, done in very neat cursive handwriting. Dear Steve, I've never been very good at goodbyes. It's probably good I don't have to say this in person. The party broke up at one. I'm spending the night at my parents, have to leave early in the morning. I'll write you when I get settled. I hope when I graduate, we still feel the same for each other. There are no guarantees in life, though. Good luck on your mission. Love, Bernie. And he just sits there on the floor, looking crushed. And he says, Bernie. And then there's a large picture of her face uh, behind him in a very artistic way as that's what's on his mind well damn yeah he got a dear Steve letter yeah all right well what'd wow. you think what'd you think of this particular issue you know it was it was a fun issue Rick. it's a fun story i mean it's a wacky group of uh odd characters uh you know you almost uh, said oddball i almost did an odd an, an odd group of oddballs including an oddball you know um yeah I, you know I, just, I don't feel good about how this wrapped up with bernie i feel like what was steve thinking that was a crappy thing to do on their last night you know her last night in town that doesn't sit well with me, but overall, I mean, it was a fun story, right? And and it was good to see. It's nice seeing uh, Clint and Steve working together mm -hmm. in a positive way, and and that's great, you know. So all in all, I think it's a fun story. Worth definitely worth reading. Hmm. I thought it was an okay story. Yeah, I thought it was. Um... I mean, it was an interesting plot. I think this was a way for Mark Greenwald to bring back some characters that he liked. He was looking for something that he wanted to do to try to, you know, spice things up, change things. Um, I, I I think wasn't it Mark Greenwald who had said that, you know, his goal was to, um, you know, introduce new villains into Cap's mythos. And I think maybe this was a way to to perhaps do that. Um, you know, I thought... Um, I thought it was uh, an okay issue. I, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've read it since I read it back in 1986. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's a serviceable comic story. Exactly. It, it's the cover, you know, that really sells it. It's oh, of a course. great yeah. cover, you know? Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of folks 
picked it up, you know, and said, this is, this is a great cover. Got to have this. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a wacky group of villains and yeah, I'm, you know, but it's a sad story too. Right. It's, it's true. A, it's a sad story. And, and as you know, because we, we covered it in another episode, it's not the only dear Steve letter that Steve has ever gotten. That's true. So um, yeah. And obviously this one predates the other one, but um yeah, I don't know. I, you know, just when I'm, I'm, I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, Steve, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Can, yeah. can go with mockingbirds, spend the last or not go at all. I mean, it's not that important of a mission. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I did get to see him break dance. So, yeah, th- there you go. There was no. the highlight. I was just yeah. about to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. The, the other Dear John letter that you're talking about. That came from uh, what was his name? Uh, Portia something. Who? The attorney, Connie, Connie Ferrari, Connie Portia Ferrari. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you know, Firebird. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Connie, Connie Ferrari. Yeah, that um, that came in. That uh, we actually covered it. It was in Captain America Volume Three, Number Forty Four. Um, where it was um, Cap took on the Taskmaster and Connie mm-hmm. um, wrote him a, a Dear John letter that, you know, it ended with that too. And that was in, that comic came out in 2001. So, you know, here it is 15 years later, or he's getting a, another Dear John letter from Connie. Cap just can't catch a break. I know he's, you know, uh, I guess, you know, love really hasn't been his thing. He has, and as you, I mean, we've discussed this. He has, he's, there's, there's the Steve Rogers and there's the Captain America. And, you know, he has subsumed himself in Captain America. That, that is who he is. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for relationships. It's true. You know, going back to the party, it was, it was nice that you know to see all those characters back together right um you know all the previous characters that even if it was just for one panel um, yeah you know you got to see previous friends previous neighbors uh previous people that he worked with that uh, was like you know who's missing though jack monroe good point yeah yeah jack, jack was yeah there. jack quit being cap's partner um in issue 309 and then um so that's why we he wasn't there um he comes back in issue 324 so that's uh there's a little gap there um you know it was it was interesting for for nomad for jack monroe um he yeah there's that there's a gap between issues 309 and 324 where he just doesn't appear and then he um i don't know i i just kind of went down this rabbit hole looking up stuff about like why well, where's nomad and i just kind of looked look into this and everything um cuz you know he we we do read about him during the whole uh road to the the captain series right mm-hmm. and he's in there yeah. and he's a bit of a jerk yeah. um and then he's appeared in a bunch of annuals, but he he got his own four issue miniseries in 1990, and then he got his own ongoing series in 1992. Um, but yeah, he was missing. He was missing from there. Hmm. 
Yeah. All right, Bob, you go first. Oh. Um, yeah. What was your favorite panel? Oh, my favorite panel. Well, I think it has to be Cap Breakdancing, Rick. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry. Just just him on his back with uh with Bernie's younger sister and uh, and Josh getting whoa, ready. Whoa, whoa. Getting ready to spin him. I think okay. was. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe it was a different issue. <laughs> Cap was on his back with Bernie's sister. <laughs> yeah, I just I love that because I don't know. I don't know if that situation has ever occurred in your life, but I know oh, it has in with, mine. With my girlfriend's younger sister? Hell no. No, no. <laughs> where uh where you've been like on your back breakdancing and like somebody has to come up and spin you. But I do, I mean, I remember that from my college days, you know, like I spin me, you know, I'm breakdancing. So that like hits home, you know, and I'm sure maybe, you know, a lot of folks who grew up in the 80s certainly remember like, yeah, breakdancing is a craze. And, you know what? Like, I remember doing something similar to that was um, Animal House. The Worm. Yes. Getting on the floor. <laughs> that too, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did that because, um, you know, do the song Shout. Yep. Right. Yeah. So in my first wedding. Uh, I did that to me and my buddies. We all got on the floor and did that. Yeah. And then guess what? When I got married a year ago, yeah, did it again with my same buddy. <laughs> did you really? I did. <laughs> totally did. Totally did. <laughs> you got to wait till the very end of the night when people oh, had enough alcohol yeah. in them. That's right. And you don't mind getting sweaty and covered with lint. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Hmm. All right. That's, that's a good favorite panel. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself, Rick, what's your favorite panel? Oh, I'm going to go with page 17, second panel. And you know me, I'm a sucker for seeing characters do multiple actions in the same panel. Uh -huh. And the, so is this the twang? It is. Yeah. It is. Seeing yeah. uh, that's my favorite panel, seeing yeah. Captain America without his shield. And instead, he's got Hawkeye's bow and he's shooting three arrows, bing, 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 uh -huh. uh, all in the same panel. Um, that's cool. I like it. That was my favorite. All right. All right. And what about, uh, what about a t-shirt? I'm going to have to go with the cover. Ah, good choice. I, I think the cover totally goes on a t-shirt for me uh, with the word balloon. Like I want, oh, I want, yeah, I want the word balloon. Uh, I want everything. It's uh, it's a fun cover. All right. That's good. That's good. I guess that leaves me with, um, you know, I can either do Bernie's face, but no, I think I'm going to go with page 19 with uh, Cap in Hawkeye fighting back to back. Uh, and there's all kinds of things being thrown at them. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Cap's catching the, uh, the meat cleaver and mm -hmm. Hawkeye's firing off arrows and Cap's got a shield over his head and there's a flaming 10 pin and a hand grenade bouncing off it. I'm going to go with that. I like, I like all it. of the, I like that it's got, you know, the, the clang and the kradoom and the brock and the twang and all kinds of uh, noise effects. I'm going to keep those two. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I got to tell you, when I hear the sound effect of clang, I think of a Saturday Night Live skit with the Sweeney sisters. <laughs> Do you remember the Sweeney sister characters? Um, was that the one and one of them had a small hands? No, no. This was the the one uh, they were like lounge 
lounge oh, right, right. singers, okay. the two yeah. the two girls, they would yeah. just go back and forth. Yeah. Um and uh one of the bits they did was clang, 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 went the trolley. <laughs> right. <laughs> so every time I see or hear the thing clang, I'm like, yeah. I totally go back to that skit. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Bob, what is your time cap? So, well, Rick, this may be an obvious one, but I am going to go with page 12, uh, that party scene with Mike Farrell talking to someone by the front door. And he says, having firemen carry beepers is a good idea, Renee. <laughs> and I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, beepers. That is that that's right there is emblematic of, of this time period. And uh, I'm not sure. Does anybody carry beepers anymore, Rick? I guess some um, people still do or. No, I would say that was a really big thing for firemen and drug dealers. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Here, Here's the funny thing. When I, back in the mid 90s, and I uh, I was, I was out of, just out of college, and I was selling cars. Dru oh, okay. Cars. cars. Yeah. Um, I moved into management, and they gave me a beeper. <laughs> in, case, in case you got a... Rick, Rick, we got, you got to get down here. We got a car to sell or something. I, I was, I was, I was, I was traveling between dealerships and I had, uh, I had a beeper and wow. I would get like these little. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're a great beeper. <laughs> right? right. And I would, I would get that. You're like and Michael would... Winslow. You're like the guy from police Academy. <laughs> uh, 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 anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. That's a good one for your capsule. <laughs> well, how about yourself? Well, I was going to do breakdancing, but you oh, took that. Okay. I can't take that because you took that. Right. So instead, I'm going to go with um, page also on page 13, which was, you know, besides the breakdancing on page 13, uh -huh. there was also Cap's attache case oh, the with the modem. The modem. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's going. That's a that's dating this comic. Can you hear it in your head? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I don't have to hear it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah. Dialing up my AOL account. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had to I had to write someone the other day. And no kidding, the email address was AOL.com. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. And I, and I paused for a second. I said, "This this can't be legit." But sure enough, yeah, it's there's still AOL.com email accounts out there. I'm so. sure. Well, listen, I have my. I still have the same email address for the last twenty years. Well, I do. I do. My personal email. I guess email goes. I did, I thought email. I thought AOL went out of business or something. I didn't know they still I, had servers. Well, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think AOL was bought by Yahoo. Uh, probably. And, yeah. and, but so I think you could still, you like, for, you know, I have a Bell South yeah. email address. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Bell South was bought by Yahoo. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess now that I think about it, I, I wouldn't mind having an AOL.com email address just for the, it's like a vintage thing, you know? Uh huh. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah that'd be kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, way to I'm get the chicks. I'm looking into that. Put that mm -hmm. on a business card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chicks be lining up. Oh, um, right, right. I think I think I've told you this before, but 
back when I had my comic book store, um, people would uh, come in. But this is just a trip down Rick's previous job. It really is. Relay, right? It I mean, really, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, back when I had my comic book store. Um, when I was a uh, male gigolo. Mm, oh, yeah. that was that was mid 80s but mid 80s right mm. anyway um we used to collect people's email address to add them to our our email newsletter and this guy had the best email address and it was an AOL okay and i said what's your email address and he goes i forget but it's at aol.com <laughs> He literally had the email address. I forget, but it's that's awesome. at aol.com. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Great, that's that's right? a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Now don't go adding him to any spam lists or whatever. No, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you, and you still have your, your, your old email address. I do. I, I still right. use yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's such a pain in the ass to change things. It is. You know, I, have, like... I have one that you don't know. It's, oh, it's really? One, yeah. It's one that goes way back. I use, I, I generally use the one that I got when I was a student at Fielding now. That's the one that you know. Wait a minute. You were a student there? I thought that's maybe like where you teach now. No, I w that's where I went through my PhD program at, at Fielding. I teach it. And they for... let you still keep that email? Yeah, I'm an alumni. So alumni have email addresses we just keep our email addresses that's weird so i also have one for the university where i work obviously my work one but i have like my like the the one that i had have used for well since i was a second lieutenant for crying out loud and uh i i picked i picked the my the name mm -hmm. it's bobby llama nice because at that time in my life i was doing these trips to tibet uh -huh. And one of my friends at work started calling me the Bobby Lama. <laughs> and so I took that as, uh, as my email address. Oh, and cool. I, I still have that one. I, you know, I don't really use it for much of anything, uh -huh. you know, mostly because there's like 50,000 unread emails in there. So, oh, I know. Yeah. But you know, that's like my eBay account and some other things are still mapped there. So, so if I go into my bell South account right now, which is the one I use all the time. And I check regularly every single day. In my inbox right now, unread, one point four thousand. Wow. Yeah. And that's not counting the ones that automatically go into certain folders. Yeah. Like I got one that goes into this folder and it's got one point five thousand by itself. It's like a bunch of emails. Rick, we'd be trying to contact you on your beeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just going through these folders. Google alerts, two point five thousand. Yikes. Anyway, wow. uh, this is fantastic, uh, entertaining <laughs> information. So let's just get to uh, yeah. next episode. So right. we figured with, with, um, with J Michael Straczynski mm -hmm. coming up doing the new captain America series, we should cover a J Michael Straczynski captain America story. And I know you're thinking what? No, he didn't do well. He did was uh, the writer on a nice long run of Amazing Spider-Man. And back in 2006, when Civil War was going on, there was an issue where Captain America was a major guest star. And he talked with one Peter Parker and 
he gave a certain speech that a lot of people think is one of the best speeches Cap ever gave. That is in Amazing Spider-Man 537. We're going to cover that one panel by panel next episode. I'm looking forward to that one. I know it's uh, whenever that panel comes up in the group, it's always a, a point of discussion and conversation. And so it's an important one for us to cover. Absolutely. So that'll be fun. We'll cover that next episode and uh, take a, a trip to 2006. Okay, Bob, got to say, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. I can't wait till next week, Rick. All right. Well, I'm Rick Furbanis. He's Bob Lucius. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. You bind up these perpetrators. Perpetrators? They're not perpetrators. <laughs> <laughs> That's you my bind... son. <laughs>